0: subscribe to the Astros podcast I'm
1: joined by Justin Verlander getting the ball on opening day Steve
0: Sparks here and I'm with Lance McCullers tons of interviews
1: Robert Ford joined by Michael Brantley and Alex Bregman Carlos Correa returning to the lineup today highlights that is line in the right field and that's going to get down for a base hit. high deep and it's gone a grand
2: slam follow your favorite team looking up. See you later. see you later
0: see you
2: later Astros headed back to the World Series oh. Long. A Bob Z at home plate. Subscribe to the Astros podcast. We definitely love playing in front of our fans in Minute Maid Park. For the H.
1: They never said it would be easy.
2: This is the Houston Astros radio network. Greetings from
1: Duffy Sports Grill in downtown West Palm Beach on Clematis. Welcome to our first... Astro Line presented by Carbock Brewing Company coming to you from West Palm Beach. Of course, we had a bunch of Astro Lines up in uh, Houston at Pluckers during the offseason. But now with the team down in West Palm Beach, we are here in West Palm Beach. Robert Ford, pleased to be joined by Steve Sparks and a very special guest tonight. 19 seasons in the big leagues with four different teams uh, in his 23rd season as a big league manager, three-time manager of the year, has won a pennant, has been to the playoffs nine times. Say hello to Dusty Baker.
3: Hey. Hey, hey.
1: Dusty,
0: you didn't know Robert Ford was your agent, did you? No, I did <laughs> I'm going to hire him.
1: <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. And, uh, you know, you last managed the Nationals in, in 2017, didn't manage so, the last couple of years. you got in three spring training games. I know it's not the same, obviously, as a regular season, mm-hmm. but... Uh, what has, has is it almost like it's like riding a bike like it's kind of come back to you a little bit like some oh, of the yeah. end game
3: stuff well you know something i had uh, kind of uh, dispelled my emotions for a while but yeah. but they but they quickly came back the other day when we lost that game in the night really <laughs> oh yeah spring training yeah because like joe spotter said man you didn't like that ending did you i said how do you know he goes i could tell that you were a little upset and i was trying <laughs> not to be upset and i was like man why am i feeling like this and, uh, you know, I guess that competitive uh, nature that I have, you know, I like to win. And uh, I know it didn't count, but still, though, you know, you hate to lose like that, just like we lost today in yeah. the ninth inning. You'd rather lose it early than lose it late. Yeah. And, and so uh, that's okay. I, I, I had to talk to myself on the way home. So. You know what?
0: You're talking about feelings that you weren't really prepared for. What, yeah. was, what was your feeling like when you walked into that clubhouse with the Houston Astros for the first time.
3: Well, actually, I felt at home. Did you? Yeah. And when I, when I walked onto the field, I, I, I looked at Chris Byer, and I said, Chris, I said, man, this is where we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is where the last couple years, about this time, I knew I was supposed to be somewhere other than home. and uh, That's cool. And, uh, you know, but I had a substitute kind of situation where I was watching my son play. So, so that satisfied me quite a bit, uh, you know. Watching him play, but it actually made me nervous because I was more nervous watching him play than I've ever been. <laughs> no in control, beginning. right? Yeah, no control, and I'm like, "Come on, son, please," and you know, get a hit, or come on, son, please don't, don't boot this ball. I mean, you know, you're you're like you're you're full of jitters, yep. and uh, but you know, out on the field here, and then I, I feel very very calm again.
1: You talk about your son Darren Baker, who mm-hmm. the last time a lot of people. Saw Darren Baker was in the 2002 World Series. You're managing the Giants. He was four years old. Was a bat boy. JT Snow yeah. pulling him out of the way. Uh, but now,
3: man, he, he's 21 years old. Yeah, he's 21. Man, playing he's
1: baseball at, at Cal, second baseman,
3: second at basement, California. S- second is short, and he has a game tonight against Stanford. Really? Yeah. And so I call him. You know, I call him, and say, "Hey, good luck, son. You know, relax. You know, uh, you know, just be yourself. You know, like follow the advice that you know you give sure. your kids." So. Do you feel like he has a chance to play professionally? Oh, yeah, for sure. Nice. I mean, that's what he's wanted to do ever since I'm he sure. was a kid. Yeah. And uh, not only that, I mean, he was a heck of a basketball player. Really? You know, but he chose that he wanted to play baseball like in the 10th grade. And, and that was the toughest decision for me at that time on, mm-hmm. on which sport I was going to play. Well, first it was like which college I was going to go to and then which sport I was going to play. But, you know, he made up his mind very quickly. I mean, uh, um, also, Cal came at him first in his sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he's like, Dad, I'm going to Cal. I said, Son, now, you know, don't you want to wait to, you know, talk to other schools? And he goes, No, Dad. He goes, uh, He knew it. Oh, yeah, he knew it. And I told him, I said, Okay, now. I said, You know, the Bakers, we keep our word. And so you can't say that. Uh, uh um, you know, you give your word, and then you renege on it and go to another school. And I, and I use this analogy. I said, if you're willing to marry the first girl you go out with, <laughs> then, then, then go ahead and go to Cal. Where <laughs> were
0: you 32 years ago? <laughs>
3: and so, anyway, he goes, oh, yeah, Dad, I'm not getting married, but I'm going to Cal. So, okay, it was great.
0: I got to ask you this. When did baseball get that hook in you? Because it's uh, obvious that you love it.
3: Yeah, it got the hook in me, actually, when it was almost taken away from me. Ah. You know, I was already a professional probably almost 10 years when I got to the Dodgers, uh, nine years, and then I hurt my knee playing uh, basketball. In the offseason? In the Mm offseason, and then when I realized what I was about to lose, then it got its hook in me, and then I started seeing things that uh, you know i didn't see before and like Different I try perspective to, yeah and i try to tell kids man you know you got to fall in love with what you're doing you know to you know to get the full effect of it and to also see things that that are going to help you in whatever you know career you know that you're in because i was playing baseball i was good at it but that's not what i loved in the offseason mm-hmm. i'd always go home and play basketball now that's <laughs> that's that's what I really love because I had that Basketball Jones and Cheech and Chong sing about. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I had. I had a Basketball Jones. Now, all of a sudden, <laughs> man, it was almost taken away from me. And I was like, ooh, I think I'm going to fall in love with this game that I'm playing now.
1: So that's interesting. You didn't feel like you really fell in love with baseball until you were well into your professional career. Oh, yeah.
3: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I was playing because I was, I was good at it. Right. And, uh, you know, and then and then – when i couldn't run anymore in my last 10 years then i had to play with you know play in my head you know i had to play you know with forethought mm-hmm. and uh, you know i'd get jumps when i knew what was coming from our pitcher and then i really started started really getting into uh, baseball and i also I remembered a lot of things that Hank Aaron told me because he used to to tell us things all the time. And he'd say, hey man, do you understand? I'm like, oh yeah, Hank, I understand. I didn't understand nothing. And then all of a sudden he says, well, I know you don't understand like I tell the kids now. Just retain what I'm telling you Mm -hmm. because someday it may come to you. And that's what what happened to me.
0: Do you think that injury made you into the coach that you are today because you had to start thinking about baseball differently?
3: Well, probably. Yeah. Yeah, probably. And I started thinking about you know, you know, just different things. How to get an advantage Well, I started thinking talent. about my dad because my dad mm-hmm. was my coach, and he was Bobby Bonds' coach prior to me. Uh. And uh, we were all from the same town at Riverside, and uh, my dad, he cut me from his team three times when I was 8, <laughs> 9, eight, ten. and 10. <laughs> For misbehaving? No, he said I had a bad attitude. <laughs> and he says, if you can take that bad attitude and put it in a positive direction, that you could be something uh, one day, and I was always a captain almost on every team that I played on on all sports. I was the oldest of five. Uh, and I look back and then they made me the guide on in the Marines, and I was in there for for six years, and that's where I think I really learned teamwork when you gotta guard a guy's life that you may not ever see again or care to see, and vice versa. Wow. well, that's that's the epitome of. You know teamwork, and I didn't really know it at the time. But you know, like you start thinking about all the things in your life that, that you know, that molded you, and that was one of the things as well as, you know, I, I was at a high school. I was in uh, Riverside, California, yeah, and it was about fifty thousand, and so it was a size where you went to school with all kids Mexican, black, white, uh, Japanese. We all went to school together, played ball together, and then I moved to. Sacramento when I was uh, after my sophomore year. And what year was that? That was 65. Okay. okay. And then there was only two black kids in my school, me and my brother. Wow. And so then I went from there to the south with the Braves, uh, you know, and, and, I, and I prayed that I didn't want to get drafted by the Atlanta Braves because then there was a lot of civil unrest in our country and yep. riots and just, and just anti-Vietnam is anti-everything. And mm-hmm. actually, uh, that was the best thing that happened to me because I got to meet the great Hank Aaron. He promised my mom he'd take care of me like I was his son. Uh, he you told know. your mom that? Yeah, he told my mom that. Wow. And then, <laughs> well, I signed in, in Dodger Stadium. with the. How much older was he than you? I think he's five, see, six years? No. It's more like, than that. You no, know, it's more than that because he just had his 86th birthday. He's 16, oh, wow. 16, so 16 years, years older than years. me. Wow. Yeah. And at that time, that was a, I mean, that was a huge... Huge, uh, you know, difference. And sure. Like I said, he was like my dad, you know, away from home. Huh. And, uh, you know, because of him, I got to meet, you know, all the greats of our time, you know, like yeah. uh, Andrew Young and Maynard Jackson and, mm-hmm. you know, Jesse Jackson, uh, you know, being with Hank, wow. you know, Mavis Staples. Uh, i never forget the time when I was with Hank. I met uh, Billy Preston. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then uh, one of my teammates was singing – Marty Perez, he's just saying nothing from nothing. Will it go nothing. around in circles? No, he said nothing from nothing leaves oh, Baker. No. Yeah. They <laughs>
0: played he, that in between
3: innings at the game oh, yesterday. Oh, I, Did I didn't you know hear that? it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but he used to say nothing from nothing leaves Baker. Ooh. And so I was like, <laughs> hey, man, leave me alone. So, yeah, so, like, I had some great experiences. You know, like, my teammates were, you know, I was in the big leagues at 19 years old, and my teammates hey. were, were Hank Aaron, Rico Cardi, Orlando Cepeda, Bob Euchre. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah, Uke took me. Out as a, as a kid, you know. That's and crazy. They, oh, yeah. Good. And, and back then they took care of the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, they took care of the younger players, especially if you were respectful and if you could play a little bit.
1: So you talk about getting drafted by the Braves. It was 1967. Mm-hmm. It was their second year that they were in Atlanta. And at the time, that was the only major league team in the South. Right. And like you mentioned, you know, a lot of civil unrest, civil rights era, mm-hmm. era going on then. Uh, you made your big league debut with the Braves the next year in sixty eight like you said nineteen years old yeah. uh, what was that whole experience coming up through the minors uh, going to i 'm sure i 'm sure you you played minor league towns, small yeah. minor league towns oh, in the, the south
3: yeah, but you know there 's a lot of envy you know from some of the guys my age because I skipped over them at such a young age, and some of those guys had been in baseball five or six years and never mm-hmm. gotten out of a ball oh yeah and but but you know when I got to the big leagues. I tell people I played with Satchel Paige. One of the proudest things, pictures I have on on my wall is, is with Satchel Paige. And Satch got called up. Well, not called up. Uh, you know, he was uh, employed by the Braves the last like three or four months to try to get his four years on the pension. Because then you had to get four years on the pension mm-hmm. to get pull, you know, be fully vested. Uh huh. And so, I used to like carry all his, all his fishing rods around and yeah Yeah. just carry his little bag and you know like i said we were the we were the uh bellman at the time the little rookies yeah and they paid you by by not uh you know by buying you a suit or you didn't have to pay for dinner and you know he called me uh daffy Mm -hmm. and satchel pays it. yeah where did he get daffy I don't know, probably from Daffy Duck. <laughs> and so I, I, I'm like, man, my name is Dusty. He goes, Daffy, I know what your name is. So I just answered to Daffy.
1: So you got to carry Satchel Page's satchel.
3: Yeah, and his fishing rods that he promised to give me some for carrying them. He never gave me any. So, <laughs> That's so okay. you love fishing, don't you?
0: Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So tell me, tell me some of the uh, trips that you've taken uh, as far as fishing Ooh. goes.
3: Uh, I've been to uh, the Bahamas bone fishing. I had a bone fishing tournament years ago.
0: Wow, you participated uh, in the
3: tournament? It was my tournament. And really? So, yeah, I didn't win it. You wow. can't win your own tournament. <laughs>
1: and so, and You're so supposed then, to. Yeah.
3: And then you know my buddy is with me now. Where we went to, we went fishing in uh, Montana a number of times. I've been yeah. to last summer. I went to Montana fly fishing. Uh, fly fishing. I went to um, Alaska with my other buddy and my mm. son. I Went to. Uh, I uh, went to Whitefish, Montana. Mm. Uh, went to uh, Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. So like, I I'll go fishing anywhere. There's nothing to me that's more exciting than new water. You know, I even fished in um, with uh, Mike Jackson. Um, well, That's brown water. Uh, no, no. Right. You talking yeah. about Galveston? Yeah. No, no. Not Galveston Bay. Baytown. Oh, oh Baytown, oh, yeah, Bay oh, that's blue water. dude. Yeah, that yeah that's a, great, man. I mean, we caught so many red fish with Mike Jackson, and I think um, shoot, who took us Speckled up there? Speckled trout. Yeah, no, we didn't catch any specks. Just reds. Yeah, just reds. I mean, I caught so many fish, man. I had to sit down. I was tired of <laughs> catching.
1: Did you? Do you have a favorite type of fishing, or uh, for mm-hmm. op- sea, uh, seawater,
3: uh, freshwater? I don't know. Freshwater, brackish water, lakes, rivers. I'm not real good in the ocean because I get I get seasick. Uh, yeah, and I've tried everything. The patches people, oh, I'll try this. And the only thing I found that not get seasick was don't eat. And then the, once I get out there, then I can eat. You the know? fly so.
0: fishing surreal. Oh, no, it?
3: man, it's so beautiful. And my son, my son, I mean, he loves. I mean, you know, I took him to the Pecos River in New Mexico because yeah. mm. every All Star break I go somewhere. You know, to, to to fish. Like I went to Door County one All Star break. I went to New Mexico one, one break. Like actually, I'm supposed to go fishing with Robbie Thompson on the second. uh, You know, because he was one of my fishing buddies, and yeah. so was Davy Martinez. I used to take them all uh, uh, fishing in San Francisco. Oh. Mm-hmm. And uh so we're supposed to go down some place down by Naples that has like. 10,000 islands or something like that. Any, oh, wow. Anybody here ever heard of that? Yeah. You know right. what?
0: I know Jeff. Remember Jeff Montgomery? Yeah, yeah, the pitcher yeah, yeah. with the Royals? He lives yeah. out in that direction. Does he he really? goes fishing out there all the time. Oh, I think
3: Adam out. Dunn took us out to Baytown. Uh, 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 oh, yeah. When I was with the Reds, Adam uh-huh. Dunn knew some people. Oh yeah. Out there. So I'm hoping to see Adam Dunn when I get to when I get to Houston. <laughs> no, he's he's, see. he's hard to miss. Yeah.
1: Hey, spring training tickets our spring training is underway at the Fit Team Ballpark of the Palm Beaches. Make plans now to see your Houston Astros in action. For the best way to experience Florida, visit thepalmbeaches.com. We'll have more with Astros manager Dusty Baker as Astro Line, presented by Carbach Brewing Company, continues live from Duffy's Sports Grill on Clematis in West Palm Beach and on the
2: Houston Astros radio network. Looking for a great place to bring your friends and family? Head on over to Carbach Brewing for some fresh craft beer and damn good eats with our on-site restaurant and sprawling beer garden, there's always something for everyone to enjoy. So grab a Love Street Blonde or a Hoppadillo IPA and kick back and relax. And keep up with all of our events by following us on social media at Carbock Brewing. Carbock Brewing. Crafted for serious fun. Minute Maid Park.
1: Fans loving it. And whoever in this crowd wasn't standing before, well, they're getting to their feet now.
3: Lock in the best seats with exclusive
1: benefits with 2020 season tickets.
0: This was hammered to left field. That is
1: a no doubt about it home run. that hit well deep to left field. Looking up. See you later.
2: Visit astros.com slash season
0: tickets, and we'll see you at Minute Maid Park.
1: And welcome back to Astroline, presented by Carbot Brewing Company, coming to you live from Duffy Sports Grill, Onclematis, downtown West Palm Beach. Hey, catch every weekend game or a game against every opponent the Astros face this season with a 28-game plan. Pick the plan and seats that work best for you. For details and to select your plan today, visit astros.com. Slash season tickets. I see you studying this read closely, Dusty, but, you know, I think you're going to be at all the games, so I don't think you no, have to. No, but the reason
3: I'm studying that read, I'm saying, man, you haven't skipped a word. Yeah, man, you're pretty good.
1: I've read, I've read this too many times. There. That's why. Should <laughs> that that have it, it is? memorized. Yeah, I really should have it memorized. <laughs> We're with Astros manager Dusty Baker tonight. and uh, So one of the things I noticed, I wasn't at your introductory press conference, but I, I watched it um, online while it was happening. And uh, the thing that, one thing that stood out to me was your jersey, mm-hmm. number 12, which you've worn before, and yet Baker on the back. And Jr., Baker Jr., and now yep. uh, a lot of people know you as Dusty, of course, Johnny B. Baker Jr. Yep. is your full name. That's my name. And uh, so Baker Jr., your dad, Johnny B. Baker Sr., Senior. you went with Jr. Was it, was it to honor your, your dad?
3: Yeah, well, it was to honor my dad because this is the 10th anniversary of my dad passing, and mm. uh, it was also in honor of my, my, you know, my younger brother that died in March mm. uh, a year ago uh, next week. Oh, wow. And also in honor of my grandson that was born January 15th. And wow. And so, uh, you know, there's a lot of – I wasn't trying to be like the young boys that put Junior on the back of theirs, but I was doing it for my dad. And, uh, you know, the, I mean, this is a year dedicated to my dad, and uh, I was always trying to have my dad, you know, be proud of me, you know.
1: So tell us about, tell us about Johnny B. Baker Sr.
3: Well, Johnny B. Baker Sr., uh, you know he didn't take anything from anybody but he didn't give anything and uh you know my dad was all was one of the most respected uh you know people in the community mm-hmm. uh you know my dad would discipline you and then send you home and then your parents would, would say thank you uh, to, you know to my dad my dad was big john you know what he did uh, for a living well my dad actually uh you know he worked for the military uh you know as a civilian yeah and then he always had two jobs and uh my dad would would go to his his first job and come home and and eat and and take a 20-minute nap and then go to the second job where, you know, he was selling uh, uh, refrigerators and stuff at uh, in Brand Central at, at at Sears or, or you know, his second job in Riverside, you know, was cutting lawns and, you know, my dad was you know was a proud man, you know, he wouldn't let us shine shoes, he wouldn't let us caddy, but he said it was cool for him because he had to. You know, take care of his family. And so I was always so a five. I was always with my dad uh, working. And, uh, you know, maybe that's where I got my work ethic from. But my dad never paid me. I asked my dad one day, you know, like, when was he going to pay me? And he says, You seen those big old shoes you got? And you, <laughs> have you seen your plate? And I said, Yes, sir. It's a lot of food on that plate. That's lot, yeah, because he had to say <laughs> yes, sir, and no, sir. Yeah. Uh, and yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, in my house and uh you know you could never show anybody disrespect because like you know i wasn't afraid of anybody but i was i was you know afraid of my dad mm-hmm. and i was afraid if if i got out of line because my dad never believed any teacher didn't like me he never believed that uh and another adult mm-hmm. there was never anybody else's fault you know but mine and uh you know we had to go to church every sunday you know my dad was a was a deacon in the church and uh and I was a junior deacon, and so, uh, you know, we fished all the time, we hunted, but we didn't hunt or fish for the meat, I mean, for the, for the sport, we hunted for the meat, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, we had a, you know, freezer full of, I mean, we always had food, I mean, my friends would come over, uh, to play ball, my dad would put on to work, and then he'd always have a pot of beans or some collard greens or something on the, on the stove, and he'd, he'd always feed you, and, uh uh everybody called my dad uh you know mr baker and so uh in my household i was never ever called johnny there's only one johnny in my house my daddy and he never called me junior ever and so this is the first time that i've ever really just put junior in the back of my uniform
0: you loved him yeah and he was your coach did your friends love him too
3: Oh yeah, I mean everybody. I mean he was nicer to you than he was to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Funny how that works. <laughs> yeah, funny how that works. And my mom, my mom was an educator, and you know, like you had to put your homework on the on the on the on the uh, TV, and if she couldn't read it, people were like, oh, you got such pretty handwriting. That's because I was trying to copy my mama that I was going to write this note that uh, Dusty can be excused today from school yeah. you're trying to forge her her handwriting right but I never I never did it cuz I, I my dad Cause was Cuz you're afraid of your dad yeah and so <laughs> you know that's and, and 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 you had to have a legible homework or else you had to rewrite it and, man, I didn't want to do it in the first place. It would more or less rewrite it, you know. So, so have great handwriting. Oh, yeah. I got pretty good handwriting. So, they like, they, you know, I had some valuable lessons that I was taught. And, uh, and my dad, like I said, everybody, my house was a basketball court, was a football field, was a baseball field. And now um, that I look back... I did the same thing to my son because I looked back, I asked my dad why later on, and he told me because he wanted to see who I was hanging with and who my friends were. Yeah. And, he, and he'd rather have him over our house than to me go over somebody else's house. So
1: how proud of you was your dad to see you play in the big leagues and then become a
3: manager in, in the big leagues as well? Well, I knew he was proud of me. Uh-huh. I mean, my dad didn't tell me, I don't know about your dad. I was 30 years old before he told me he loved me, and I was like, uh, 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 well, me too. I didn't know what else to say. Different yeah. generation. Yeah, different yeah. generation. But and it so, shocked you at the time. Yeah, it shocked me. And so my dad, I mean, I know he loved me big time, and I know he's proud of me. But uh, my dad's uh, words for if he was proud of me, I said, Dad, what do you think? How did I do? He go, you did pretty good. That's about the best I got. Yeah. Wow. But that pretty good meant more to you. No, pretty good, man. I was that was great. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, my dad, you know, motivated us all. And, and like I said, he was Bobby Bonds' coach. You know, and, uh, I mean, he was everybody's coach in, in our town because he he hurt his leg during the war, mm-hmm. and uh, and so he couldn't play anymore. And so he coached. Did he know a lot about baseball? Oh, yeah. I mean, one time I was with the Giants and Al Campanis, I mean, not Al Campanis, Al Rosen mm-hmm. uh, said that we need a power hitter to hit behind uh, yeah. Will Clark. Okay. And uh, we had Kevin Mitchell batting second. So, Kevin, um, I. I was a batting coach at the time, and so everybody's going around the room, say who we should uh, trade for this and that. And my dad had just told me the night the night before that we didn't have to trade for anybody; that we had, we had Kevin Mitchell. Oh, Kevin Mitchell! And so, put him in the four hole. Yeah. And so they said, uh, "Well, buddy boy, this is Mister Rose used to call me when he was kind of upset with me." He goes, "Buddy boy, like who do you think you should put there to, in in the cleanup spot?" I said, "Kevin Mitchell." He said, "Kevin Mitchell." He said, whose stupid-ass idea was that? Excuse me. <laughs> and I said, I said that's my, that's, I got that from my dad. He goes, where's your dad know? I said, my dad knows a lot. And so we put him there, and he hit uh, he went off. 39 home runs and <laughs> was, was like, the MVP. And 1989. So, yeah. And so at the end of the year, we're going around to see what we need. So I'm not going to say a word. <laughs> and so he goes, buddy, boy, I know you got something to say. And I said, no, Mr. Rosen, I don't have anything to say. He goes, well, your dad got any more ideas? To say? <laughs> That's fantastic. Now, how'd you get the name Dusty? Well, I got the name Dusty by playing in the dirt all the time. Because, like, I, we had a backyard that my dad, you know, uh, came to Florida. My dad's from Lakeland. Okay. okay. And my dad went home. Uh, because my grandma uh, died, I guess when I was when I was young, I never knew my grandma. Mm-hmm. And he brought this box of uh, um, St. Augustine Dang. grass that they grow down here. This thick St. Augustine grass, yeah. mm-hmm. and you put it in runners. My dad could plant anything, just like me. Man. He taught me how to plant and planted this huge uh, area in the in the backyard full of grass. And, and it took
0: in California.
3: Oh yeah, and and then we had like uh, one dirt spot, and that's where I played, and so. They called me Dusty. They didn't want to call me Dirty, so they called me Dusty.
1: <laughs> and that's that stood all these years later.
3: Oh, yeah, because anybody that I, uh, you know, went to high school with, I mean, they all call me Dusty, and anybody I went to elementary school with, uh, you know, they'll call me Johnny from the stands, and I'll turn around because I knew that it was somebody that I probably went to elementary school with because the teacher wouldn't call you by your nicknames right. right there. Yeah, right.
1: Hey, I like to remind folks, single-game tickets go on sale March 5th, but if you can't wait, sign up for your chance to get early access to purchase tickets before they go on sale. Sign up for the single-game ticket lottery today. Visit Astros.com slash tickets to learn more, and we're going to learn more about Astros manager Dusty Baker when Astro Line, presented by Carbock Brewing Company, live from Duffy Sports Grill. on Clematis, downtown West Palm, continues after this on the Houston Astros Radio Network.
2: Looking for a great place to bring your friends and family? Head on over to Carbach Brewing for some fresh craft beer and damn good eats. With our on-site restaurant and sprawling beer garden, there's always something for everyone to enjoy. So grab a Love Street Blonde or a Hopadillo IPA and kick back and relax. And keep up with all of our events by following us on social media at Carbach Brewing. Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun.
3: Houston is the city we love. A city of heart, resolve, determination, a city we embody as we suit up and step on the field each day. We play for the H on our caps, for the legacy we will build together. We play for our city, our home for the H. And
1: welcome back to Duffy Sports Grill on Clematis, West Palm Beach, downtown. Astroline presented by Carbock Brewing Company. Hey, don't forget the Shriners Hospital for Children. College Classic returns to Minute Park this weekend. Big 12 takes on the SEC. Three-day tournament features Texas, Oklahoma, Baylor, LSU, Arkansas, and Missouri. For more information and tickets, visit astros.com slash collegeclassic. Joined once again by Astros manager Dusty Baker. Too bad we couldn't. We didn't. I mean, it's Big 12 against SEC. Too bad we couldn't
3: get Darren in that with Cal. Huh? Well, hey man, they're playing up at TCU next weekend. Are they really? Oh, is that right? Oh yeah. No, this weekend. This weekend. Yeah, yeah, this weekend. Because my wife, What positions he play? He plays second and short. And uh, yeah, my wife's going up there uh, to uh, to Fort Worth, and then she's going to move me in uh, um, right after that into my place in Houston. Right. You ready
0: for Houston? You've got a lot of friends in Houston, don't oh, you? Oh, I've
3: been going there for years. Like I said, my first wife was from Lake Charles, and all her relatives oh, are from wow. Houston. And my godchildren, uh, Shanta Gar, uh, Ralph Gar Jr., my best friend, Ralph Gar, mm-hmm. I mean, Mike Jackson. Ralph uh, Gar still Charlie lives Hayes. in Houston? Oh yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. How about Ralph that? Gar still lives in Houston. And, uh, you know, he's scouting with the Braves. He's been there. He's been with the Braves almost like 40 years. How about so. that? Oh, yeah. So he was so happy. Uh, you know that I got the job in Houston and uh, so like I said, I got a lot of a lot of friends at Trinidad Hubbard. I mean uh, um, Yeah, uh, Jimmy Lee Solomon, uh, you know a lot of baseball mm-hmm. people yeah, and uh, I, and, and my nephews, you know, from my first marriage, Juan, LaSalle, Juan, Ivana. It's gonna be fun. Oh yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. But I gotta warn I gotta warn up. A lot, lot, t- warn, t- lot, be a warn, lot of tickets. Yeah, a lot of tickets. <laughs> but but uh, I can't party like I used to, so I'm, I'm there. <laughs> I'm there to do. I'm there
0: to work. There you go. Hey, I've got to ask you this because I asked you the other day in your in your office at the ballpark, yep. and, and I said, what was the gist of your first meeting with this team? And I thought it was very interesting. It, was, it sounded like somebody with a lot of experience to me that said, you said, I didn't, I didn't say a whole lot. You know, I, I said a little bit because mm-hmm. I don't want to give them everything right. early on. Can you expand on that?
3: Well, just that, uh, you know, when you first talk to somebody, um, you know, when I feel comfortable, I'll say a lot, but when I, when I feel a little uncomfortable or don't know exactly who I'm, who I'm talking to, then you know you don't want to give them too much you know and uh, uh you know i'd gone on a couple of job interviews before and um, you know they asked me some questions i answered them honestly and then i wasn't hired and then later on i see that they took some of my ideas and ran with it and 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 did something else with
0: it. interesting mm-hmm. yeah and so it's like the teams that you interviewed with
3: yeah and so um Team you know kind of a little closer to the vest yeah, yeah. I mean, a little bit. I mean, but you gotta impress them, you know, to a degree. But I mean, if you look at my bio, if that doesn't impress you, uh, it doesn't. It's not gonna matter, right? You know, because like, uh, all you gotta do is look at my bio, talk to some people that know me. I'm sure, uh, you know, everybody's not gonna be for you, but uh, you know, probably you talk to the right people. If you talk to the right people, then most of them will.
1: Have you found that uh, manager interviews? Have changed and the things that they ask you has it has it changed very much since yeah. you first I mean, interviewed? Yeah, I
3: mean, you know something. My first interview with the Giants, Al Rosen told me the job's yours. Just don't try to show them how smart you are and don't screw it up. That's what that's what that's what he told me. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And in the next interview, um, um, you know, they told me that I was choice number one, two, three, and four. With the Cubs, yeah, with the Cubs. Uh-huh. And then so that's easy. Uh-huh. And then the next interview with the Reds, I was, I was told right after the interview, "Hey man, you're our man." Mm-hmm. And then it got a little different in Washington that I was really kind of second or third choice, you know. And then he, when I got here, um, I was probably one of the top choices. But I but I had talked to some other people, uh, in different organizations, and they said, "What I interested was I interested in, in in managing?" And I said, "Well, as long as I'm a." A finalist, because I, I shouldn't have to go in there three or four times, you know, mm-hmm. for a job interview, you know, and uh, you know. Plus, I'm busy, you know. I'm a busy man. I keep uh-huh. myself busy, so like you're taking away my time, for me and my family and my business, and, to and going through all these semantics. Yeah, you know, going through, you know, flying in there four or five times, it, it shouldn't be necessary if you really want me. And with your track record, I mean, like
1: you said. If People just look at your resume and... Yeah.
3: And, and if you want me, it's like, cool. If you don't, I mean, you know, like when the single guy's out there, how many times they got to ask a girl out before she'll go out with them?
1: <laughs> once again... Why are you looking at me
0: like that? Once, <laughs> once again, you tell me this 32 years <laughs> later.
3: Okay.
0: <laughs> hey, um, how different are the players now? And, and I, I expect you yeah. to say not as different as you would, set, you no. would think.
3: No, they're not different. I mean... You know, they're a little different. You know, the money changes you, or the quest for the money changes you. Okay. But the, but How about the
0: attention span?
3: Uh, the attention span, but Bob Marley says don't blame the children. you gotta blame the, You ah. got to blame the adults. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, we've made it easy for them not to pay attention. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you, uh, you, you talk to somebody – Ask them how to get to the 7-Eleven, and they'll tell you it's around the corner. I'll tell you it's around the corner, but then they got a map quest to see the best way to get there. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, I mean, which is cool, but you got to use your you got to use your brain at some point in time. That's the best computer around. And so, uh, I don't believe that the kids are really ch- I mean, they still need love. They still need attention. You know, they still need discipline. Um, you know, uh, you know the kids haven't really changed that much to me. I mean. Uh, you know, they still like music. They still like the same silly things that we liked. It's just that there's a whole a lot more temptation out there now for them, and a whole lot of things that they can that they can, you know, get into, good and bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, versus you know when we were young. Right. And and it's and it's not, you know, with all the attention, with all the the cameras and the phones and the Instagram and different things. You know, they can't have the fun that we have, you know, because of the, you know, because of the tension, you know, that and, and and, you know, the attention and the and the pressures that they're that they're under, Mm -hmm. you know. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the kids, a lot of the young people I see, they're kind of a prisoner in their own world, you know, Uh, um, you know, you got to be yourself and 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 you got to go out sometime you got to go out and have fun sometime you got to go out and act silly sometime you got if, if not that pressure bust the pipe and you know pressure is not good on a daily basis you know to anybody and so uh, you know I urge them to you know to be a kid sometime because you got plenty of time to, to grow up mm-hmm, right and, and you got and you hopefully you got plenty of time to grow old right because when you grow old your butt is old <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and you ain't got but one way to go. Right. And so uh, you got to enjoy your life. like You know, like I tell the kids, you got to, you have to enjoy this, uh, you know, this money that you're making. You have to enjoy, the, you know, the ability to, to take vacations. You have to enjoy the ability to go out and have a good meal or, or take care of your mom and dad, you know, because like all work and no play makes Jack a, a dull boy or makes Jack the richest guy in the cemetery. Right. You know, so you know you gotta enjoy. You gotta enjoy all this. All right. Well, Dusty
1: Baker, I'm really glad you're with the Houston Astros. Looking forward to the rest of spring training with you. Well, I'm glad too, man. Looking forward to the regular season. Hopefully yeah. a long playoff run as well. Thank you so much for for coming out to AstroLine. Really appreciate it and. Uh, you know, looking forward to having a lot more conversations with you. Right on, dude. All right, all right. Dusty good Baker, time. Astros manager, joining us. We'll back. We're back one final time on AstroLine, presented by Carbach Brewing Company from Duffy Sports
2: Grill on Clematis in downtown West Palm Beach, and on the Houston Astros radio network. Looking for a great place to bring your friends and family? Head on over to Carbach Brewing for some fresh craft beer and damn good eats. With our on-site restaurant and sprawling beer garden, there's always something for everyone to enjoy. So grab a Love Street Blonde or a Hoppadillo IPA and kick back and relax. And keep up with all of our events by following us on social media at Carbock Brewing. Carbock Brewing, crafted for serious fun. Subscribe to the Astros podcast. I'm
1: joined by Justin Verlander getting the ball on opening day. Steve Sparks
2: here and I'm with Lance McCuller. Tons of interviews.
1: Robert Ford joined by Michael Brantley. And Alex Bregman. Carlos Correa returning to the lineup
2: today. Highlights. That is
1: line in the right field and that's going to get down for a base hit. High deep. And
2: it it's gone. A grand slam. Follow your favorite team. See you later. See you later.
1: later. Astros headed back to the World Series. All season long. Podseed at home plate. Subscribe to the Astros
2: podcast. We
0: definitely love playing in front of our fans in Minute Maid Park.
2: For the
1: H. They never said it would be easy.
2: This is the Houston Astros Radio Network.
1: And welcome back. Final segment of Astroline presented by Carbach Brewing Company. Coming to you live from Duffy's Sports Grill on Clematis in downtown West Palm Beach. Hey, get tickets to some of the best games before they even go on sale with an Astros mini plan. From the ultra access plan to the big game plan and the premium promotion plan to the family plan, we have the perfect option for you. Pick yours today at Astros.com slash Robert Ford, joined by Steve Sparks once again, and how cool was Dusty Baker? He was fantastic. He's the coolest. He's the coolest guy in this room. Great stories. Yep. I loved hearing about his dad, and uh, Me you know, too. You, you, you just feel the love that he has for for his dad and his family in general. The reverence, almost. Oh yeah, absolutely. That yep. was really neat. And uh, you know, one of the cool things, because I have people all the time who ask. You know, hey, what is spring training like? When should I go? What should I do other than watch the games at spring training? There's plenty to do. And coming here to Duffy's is one of the, the great things well, to do. Funny because you should say that, Robert. <laughs> Especially Congrat- for these Astrolines. Yeah, congratulations to Duffy Sports Grill. They were just awarded.
0: This is, came out today. First place for the best of Palm Beach County in best sports bar. Best burger, and, and uh, the guy in overalls in the John Deere cap over here voted twice. <laughs> best wings, best happy hour, according to, to Matt Bolts, and best business lunch. Yes, all right. So all of those, they were voted best in, in five categories. That's congratulations to Duffy's.
1: They're great. That's a John Deere hat. I thought it was a Peterbilt hat. But anyway, (laughs) uh, yeah, great place. And, you know, come down here. We do our AstroLine shows uh, once a week down here in Spring Training. Our next one is next Wednesday, the 4th. Uh, Guest to be announced. Steve Sparks will be. Hosting that one along with uh, Michael Coffin, our radio broadcaster from AA Corpus Christi, uh, who will be here for uh, a few days broadcasting some games along with Dominic Contronio, uh, his broadcast partner. And Dominic Contronio, by the way, the son of Vince Contronio, former Astros broadcaster, is now broadcasting for the A. So they'll be down here uh, helping us out and giving us some days off. And, uh, you know, I think when you look at spring training, you know, especially the first three games, obviously – You do a little bit of evaluation, especially when you sit where we sit, right? But, um, you know. I
0: I love early on in spring training. I say this during our broadcast a lot because I love to watch the minor leaguers. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got a real passion for the guys that get a chance to come up and experience facing guys that they've seen play on TV. And it's a great measuring stick for people like Dusty Baker.
1: It is. And I love, like, the guys like Ray Kessinger, who was a second-round pick last year out of Ole Miss for the Astros and – Got called up to big league camp. So he's not officially in big league camp. I got called up to big league camp today. Got into the game. Played third base. Made some nice plays. Hit a ball hard, although it wound up being an out. But that's fun for me because, like, I hear about these guys. And in case of Gray Kessinger, we got to meet him after he signed. Right. But to actually see them play, I think, is invaluable for us. So when you want to evaluate
0: somebody like a Gray Kessinger, and he didn't do a whole lot, but he fielded two or three balls, Mm -hmm. what I wanted to see if I'm a coach, and evaluate somebody young and coming up to the major league Mm -hmm. complex for the first time is how can he slow it down? Were his feet out of control? Is his body under control? Mm -hmm. All of those things. And he looked very calm. it, It didn't look too fast for him. And he was able to get his feet underneath him underneath him and throw a bullet across the infield and we may comment to each other right after the inning and yeah. like man cassinger has got a great arm yeah. and it's because he enabled himself to be able to show it off because he was under control and that's, that's the stuff you like to see that's the stuff that's most
1: impressive when you watch somebody it's not just the tools right and it's even more impressive when you think about a guy like a Christian Javier he pitched on Saturday and that game wound up getting rained out after two innings but Javier went the first two innings looked great and then after the game media asked him on a scale of 1 to 10 how nervous were you? He said 10 and we, we we couldn't see that and no. that's, that's a credit to him. And that's the duck underneath the water yeah. with his feet paddling
0: right going nuts and, and I've told you a few times uh-huh. that the most nervous I've ever been and I've pitched in the playoffs uh, at different venues in the major leagues the most nervous I've ever been in my entire life on a baseball field was in spring training coming up from the minor league field pitching in front of the major league coaches for the first time, there was probably just eight or 10,000 people in the stands at the most, but that was the most nervous I'd ever been. My knees were shaking. My heart was pounding out of my chest, and I know that a lot of those players are going through those things right now uh, in the latter stages of a lot of these games, and I love
1: watching it. All right. We're going to tell, actually not me because I wasn't a player, you're going to tell a spring training story. I'm going I'm to lead you into this. Okay. Don't worry. It's not, not a surprise because I know folks love hearing stories from spring training and hearing from players. So you were with the Detroit Tigers okay? Uh, and uh, Lakeland, where the Astros were yesterday. They have uh, a track, right, behind. was it uh, behind the stadium? I wasn't sure where you were going there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> behind the stadium. And how long was that track?
0: 2.2 uh, 2 miles. And you had to. Yeah, so the pitchers every year coming to spring training had to do physical physicality test, it showed yeah. that they were in decent shape uh-huh. by running 2.2 miles under under a certain amount of time. Okay. And every year it was the pitchers. But my last year that I was there, my fourth or fifth year or whatever, uh, the position players, the outfielders and infielders were, were going to run this same and have this same test and run 2.2 miles and they had to do it. They probably had to do it under 18 or 20 minutes or right. something like that. But right. just show that you're in decent shape coming right. into spring training. And since the position players were running with us, I started running backwards with one of our outfielders and said, Hey, Bobby Higginson, I'm going to run this backwards. If you're running this, he goes a thousand bucks. You can't run this backwards. I said, you're on. (laughs) So I keep running backwards and literally a quarter mile into this jaunt it felt like somebody took knives and stuck them in my calves because you can't get off your toes when you're running backwards. And then my thighs started killing me, but I wasn't about to show anybody that I, I was hurting. So I continued this 2.2 miles. I finished the race, and uh, I was done, and everybody in camp was waiting for me, and they were cheering me on, and I was really excited about it. And Bobby Higginson had 10 crisp $100 bills in my locker when I was done, and I was so proud of that. And literally for a week straight when I was in my apartment complex at spring training in Lakeland, Florida, I had to crawl because my thighs and my calves are hurting so bad. And as soon as I got to the ballpark every day into the clubhouse, I would no limp anything. I just faked it. For a week straight so I wouldn't get in trouble by the, by the coaching staff. The
1: Tigers hated – the Tigers trainer hated you, didn't he? Everybody – oh, still hates me. <laughs> what's new? <laughs> no, they weren't happy with me, that's for sure. They weren't happy, but you, you still wanted to pitch.
0: You know what's funny about Lakeland, uh-huh. Florida is when I go there, I used to like to jump over things all the time. I'd jump over a chair and do stupid stuff in the clubhouse all the time. When I would come out of the clubhouse in Detroit and Lakeland, I would jump over this little fence, and it wasn't that high. It was probably about four feet high. Okay. But I would jump onto that, and it was kind of into some gravel. And then some trainer or clubhouse person who's still there, who had been there forever, said, hey, let me tell you a story. And he told me a story about Mark Fidrich. You guys remember the bird? 1977, I believe. Uh, with okay. Detroit Tigers. He, he burst onto the scene on Monday Night Baseball. Uh, rookie of the year, had a phenomenal year, was wildly popular but the year after that 1977 season, he jumped over that same fence and slipped on that gravel, landed on his shoulder and he was never the same again so that guy told me that story you know, so I wouldn't jump over that thing or else he told me that story so I would jump and get hurt (laughs) and they could replace me with somebody else
1: uh, either way, Mark Fidrich was doing the same thing. Oh no, last time Steve Sparks jumped over that fence. Next year he was a broadcaster. It's funny <laughs> how that happens. But uh, but yeah, spring training story is always cool. Always a laid back time of year. Always great if you can make it down to Astro Spring Training. So the best part about let's talk about this. Yes. We We say this every once in a while. The best part
0: about West Palm Beach is the proximity to to all the games mm-hmm. that they play on the road as well. I mean, we want you to go to the Fit Team ballpark of the Palm Beaches for sure and support this team, but. Just up the road in Jupiter, whenever they play the Marlins and Cardinals, and just a little bit past that at Port St. Lucie, you can continue to watch the Astros and support them and never have to leave
1: your hotel right here in West Palm Beach. So that's it's, right. So it's
0: an awesome venue.
1: Yeah, not too many long trips. That Had the one yesterday to Lakeland. That's a little under three hours, but yeah. that's uh, atypical in that's spring training. That's one two all spring. Right, yeah. Have, well, there's a split squad one, but there's one we're home that same day, and then there's another one against the uh, Boston Red Sox in Fort Myers. That's about two and a half hours. Right going to the uh, opposite side of the state. We'd we'll like to thank everybody who joined us uh, here at Duffy's Sports Grill on Clematis in downtown West Palm Beach. Also like to thank everybody listening uh, on the Houston Astros radio network and also listening online as well. Thanks, Mom. And uh, I'd like to remind you, next Astroline will be next Wednesday, March 4th, we'll be right here. Right back at Duffy Sports Grill on Clematis, seven Eastern Time, six Central Time. So ho- certainly hope to see you here, or at least see you on the radio. Like to thank Dusty Baker for joining us, telling his great stories. The Astros manager also like to thank our studio producer Bob Elliott back in Houston, and like to thank our hardest, our hardworking producer engineer, hardest working producer engineer in Major League Baseball, Matt Bolts. For Steve Sparks and Robert Ford saying so long, you've been listening to AstroLine presented by Carbach Brewing Company live from Duffy Sports Grill on Clematis in downtown West Palm Beach.